Lord God, even as you sent your son to be in this world with us, we ask that you would continue to change us by your word and your spirit so that we would continue to shine your light to the world around us. Lord, in your name, amen. Howdy. Uh, glad to see you all today. Uh, wanted to tell you all a little bit about um, my ability to remember names. Um, not always the best. So this last week, I ended up going to a, an event, Theology uh, on Tap. They have them uh, once every other month. And uh, we go, we have some drinks, we talk about uh, ideas of life and God, and it's a chance to invite people who maybe aren't Christian to think about things and debate things, but then also a chance to build some relationships there. Well, as I'm over there and I'm uh, uh, making sure that I help to distribute beverages, <coughs> Uh, ended up having a guy walk up and say, hey, it's great to see you. And I looked, and I was like, hey, it's so great to see you too. How have you been? Oh, I'm doing really great. Awesome. Well, cool. What, did, did you want to drink? No, I'm good. Okay, awesome. Have no idea who this guy is at all. No idea whatsoever. Okay, and, and I've been racking my brain since Tuesday. Okay, I even sent a message to a friend of mine from college that I have not seen in 20 years, and I'm like, he looked kind of like him. And I'm like, I got a strange question for you. Did I see you on Tuesday? He's like, I don't think that was me. I was like, it's ah, great. I still have no idea. Let's get coffee. Sounds good. I still have no idea who this guy is at all. So if you're listening, whoever you are, I am so sorry. I know your face. I have no idea who you are. You just find me. Let me know. But what I realized is that however I know this person, is not at these Theology on Tap events. That's the thing, is that oftentimes when we see people, we see them in the same context, usually. So it's like, if we know them from school, we see them at school. If we know them from church, we see them at church. If we know them from work, we see them at work. Uh, we, we recognize them in that place where we've known them. The context is how we oftentimes recognize a person. And so since the context of this per particular person I don't know what the context is. I can't remember who he is. And to be completely honest, there are definitely times where as a pastor you meet a lot of people, and I will sometimes just look someone dead in the eye and say, hi, I don't know if I've met you. I'm Jason. And, and, and I try to do my best to just be upfront and honest about it. There are a few times where I've seen somebody so many times that I feel bad about asking their name again. If it's been three or four years and I haven't said your name, you might want to just remind me what it is. But with that is that it reminds us that oftentimes context is what helps us to recognize someone. And the thing is, is that in our, our gospel passage, we see these two disciples and they're walking down this road and all of a sudden Jesus comes up and you're like, well, they must have never met Jesus before. No, no, no. These are two of his disciples. It's not, the, it's not the inner circle of the 12, but it could have been one of the 70 or 72 that Jesus had sent off into, on missions to go off and to proclaim forgiveness to the nations. Or it could have been the, one of the hundreds or thousands that had been to listen to his messages and came to faith. It could have been somebody who had only seen his face once, maybe. Because back in those days, People's faces were not plastered all over social media and television and billboards. If you did not see a person every single day, you did not see that person every single day. Their face may not be as recognizable. And so at that moment in time, well, here's this guy 
we're having a good conversation. But also remember the context. Jesus had just been crucified. As far as they knew, the face of the person next to them could not be the face of a dead man. And this even goes beyond the idea of the resurrection that perfects us in ways that we don't even realize. And the fact that, you know, even the whatever blemishes or whatever else there might be, I mean, we are perfected beyond anything we can imagine. In the life of the world to come, I may not necessarily have a scar here from an imaginary spider. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the sermon. It's hilarious. I'm an idiot. But we end up seeing that the context of Jesus determines whether people recognize him. Now, with that, is that they knew the Old Testament. They knew about Deuteronomy 18 that talked about God raising up a prophet. And not just raising up a prophet to teach, but even raising up the term can also mean from the dead. They knew about Isaiah, who spoke in the 53rd chapter of the suffering servant, even as all the prophets were made to suffer for the name of God. How in Psalm 22, the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, that Jesus spoke on the cross were first spoken by the psalmist. We know that Psalm 118, where it says that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, the one who has been thrown away is now the one that we base our life on. And we know from Hosea 6 that he will be restored on the third day. The thing is, is that they, they knew these things, but they didn't recognize because they didn't realize the context of how Jesus fit into all of that. But how does Jesus, walking along with them, how does he magically show them all these things? Well, it's not magic. As they're walking and they're talking and they're laughing and they're enjoying the time together, but also getting a chance to have a back-and-forth dialogue, they end up going off to go have dinner together later down the conversation. We end up seeing that in the context of Jesus' ministry, he's living life with the people. He's spending time with them. Because teaching is more than just, did you get a syllabus and sit down for an hour each week or maybe two or three times a week to make sure, did you get the book study done? And it's like, it's more than that. Is that discipleship is about living your life with one another so that together you end up sharing Christ with one another. That is what it is that Jesus ended up doing, but things that we take for granted. Back whenever I was a, a, a teacher full-time, and the school where I was at for five of those seven years, it was a boarding school. So the kids would come in on Monday, stay on campus until Friday, and then go home on the weekends. And one of the things we realized is that during the week, they don't have their parents and their siblings teaching them, guiding them. That was on us. How do we live up to that, that need, that expectation? And so I started up a, a, a men's group. At first, we called it a men's club, and they realized what that sounded like and said, nope, men's group, men's group. 
And with that, though, is that a lot of people were like, why are you starting up a men's group? And it was like, well, it's a chance to talk about how to be men. And they had all these strange ideas about, uh, you know, like super macho and, and all that stuff. And it was like, no, no, it's a little different than what you think. Because we'd get together and we would just talk about stuff that came up in our lives. We'd have a chance to discuss and share what we were feeling and how, what we were thinking. But also even to say, hey, I've been there. Yeah, I get it. I understand. Or even maybe they just needed someone to say it's okay. You are still welcome as a part of this community, even though you're going through these things. And the thing is, is that knowing that I had to be that for them also reminded me that I had to learn and grow. And, and we did other things, too, not just sitting for, to talk. I mean, come on, guys, we don't just like to sit and talk. I mean, it's like you want to have a conversation with a guy, you got to go and do something with them, right? If it's like if you're not over at the brewery, you got to build something, you got to make something, right? We got the ramp project and all these other things. And, and frankly, is like we ended up teaching these, these guys how to, how to drive and parallel park. Uh, go-karts, go-karts is about as much as I could trust them. But then it's like we should have a movie night great and what should we do we should make casseroles and so the guys got together and they wanted to make tuna noodle casserole and watch chick flicks and that's what we did for guys night which by the way they only got through half of the notebook before saying we can't do this switch to jaws yeah it was okay men this is okay good now 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 really men there we go but with that, though, is that this is so much of what Jesus does with the disciples. And this is oftentimes what we miss, is what it is to share life with one another, to spend time with each other, to encourage, to talk things out, to see where you're coming from, or to realize that maybe you just need someone to be there. Jesus is walking along and basically sounds as if he has no idea what they're talking about. Kind of funny. Uh, as a teacher, I had to do that quite often. Uh, basically, someone would start talking and be like, oh, okay, wh why don't you tell me a little bit more about it? Even though I maybe had studied it in grad school and I knew all sorts of things about it, it's like, oh, no, why, tell, me, tell me some more about it and everything. And there have been a lot of conversations where I'm sure I looked like a moron. But the idea is that in teaching, you're getting them to share where they're coming from so then you can walk them the rest of the way to where they need to go. They understood what they had been looking for in the Messiah. They understood that the Messiah had been, that they thought had been crucified. But they needed Jesus to take them the rest of the way. And that's the thing with this, is that as he does so, he does more than just talk. You see, they get to the to, to where they're going, and, and he, he looks like he's going to keep on going. Uh, we don't know if he was just pretending that he was going to keep on going, or he really was, and they convinced him to come over. Uh, that, that, that part doesn't matter so much. But when they go and they eat together, and he breaks the bread, that's when they recognize him. And I want to pause and make sure that when we say the breaking of the bread, we're not necessarily talking about coming to church service and doing communion together. This isn't Jesus now saying, and behold, on the night when I was betrayed, I took the bread and gave it to my disciples, and I did that. It's, it's like, no, breaking of the bread, it's, it's about eating a meal together, sharing with one another. And that's how they recognize Jesus. 
They recognized Jesus because of how they had done life with him. And they recognized him from that life. The thing is, is that even beyond what we say, but the lives that we have give Jesus context. The thing is, is that as they are eating together, they see him, and then he disappears. But the thing is, is that that is something that we oftentimes miss out on with each other. When someone's new, and they're, and they're going out the door, there are a lot of times where I'll be like, hey, if you want to grab, grab coffee sometime and chat, just let me know. I am not just some weirdo who asks everybody to coffee because I can't go and be alone at all. I'm not. I'm not. But rather realizing is that in the context of sharing something together, especially when you eat and drink together, but just sharing an activity together or just spending time with each other, you get a chance to talk and connect in a way that you wouldn't otherwise. Because being someone to teach, but also being someone to encourage and to love one another, it's about the, the context of our whole life. It's about checking on each other because we may not know that anything's wrong, but we just have a feeling that maybe we just need to. It's about learning together, not just making sure that you got the book study done, but actually wrestling with it and saying, why is this hard for me? Why is this hard for you? It, it's, it's not just sharing food, it's sharing life. Because in that, is the context of who Jesus is. The context of Jesus is not staying on that cross, not staying in the grave. The context of Jesus is coming back to life, the life that he shares with us. You see, that's the thing oftentimes is that as disciples, that's sometimes the part that we kind of pull away from because it's also the hardest part. There, there was, uh, we, we, growing up and everything, um, we, had, we had to go to church three times a week, okay? Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday evening. Okay, all you kids, you've got a lot easier than, than you realize, okay? And I may or may not have fallen asleep during my dad's sermon on a Sunday evening once and snored. It is what it is, Dad. Sorry. But with that is to realize that in all of this, there would sometimes be a few people that always managed to find an excuse not to be there during the main message. Always found some reason for why they were taking care of this or doing that. And somehow, the parts that you really needed to hear that made you really connect with what God was saying, somehow, they managed to disappear for that. And sometimes we do that. Sometimes, we take Jesus out of the context of really struggling, of really dealing with what it is that he has to say with us. Because it's scary, and it's hard, and we don't want to look in the mirror sometimes. But the thing is, is that as much as we are afraid of a Jesus of judgment, is that this is actually a Jesus of growth, who wants you to wrestle so that you grow from it. This isn't about just saying things that you believe to say, well, you know, of all the things that I have to believe, yeah, I'm good with these. Done. Great. No. This is about actually building a relationship with God and with one another. 
this is more than just making sure that we came up and did the ritual. Because as much as this is a sacred piece of worship, is that this is a larger part of communion with God and with one another. As much as we can sometimes get so caught up in did I do enough of the rituals is no, did you connect with Jesus today? You see, that's the thing, is that we can sometimes turn church into just a routine. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have a routine. Believe me, if I hadn't been made to go every single week to church with my parents, I may or may not be in front of you today. But as we grow through that, do we take the routine and turn it into more than a routine? Do we take what we have learned and grown in Christ and now connected it to the rest of our life? to who we are, and to what we show to the rest of the world. Because when people are looking to Jesus, they see us. We are their context. Is our life changed by Jesus? And that's where I want to bring you all today. Is that I know that there are times where we keep little pockets of ourselves and Hide that away. This is for Jesus and this is for me. When in reality, it's, it's all for God. Because even when he fulfills who we're meant to be, he's living that out in our life. So, as you go out into that world, I don't know what it is that maybe you're going to be facing where you're looking and you don't see how does Jesus fit into this situation. It may be hard sometimes. The world is complicated. But first and foremost is to ask the question, how is God in the context of my life? And then as we go out into the world, we show what that context is for them as well. So may we all be the context that God has delivered to show the world who Jesus is so when they hear those words, you are forgiven, they recognize Jesus. Thanks be to God.